Well, good morning, everybody. I'm so glad that I came back for second hour because I just want to say when I was here first hour, you guys really rocked it when we was worshiping. You actually got into the clapping and you really, really, really knocked it out of the park this morning. So thank you guys for worshiping our Lord and Savior this morning for that. Um, it was really encouraging for me as, as um, um, I coming up here and trying to do this again for the second time. Um, actually, I get the privilege of doing it. So um, thank you for allowing me to do that. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Ryan Keim. I'm our Next Steps minister here, and I'm super, super excited to come and share just a small little glimpse of my heart this morning. Um, what I want to start out with is, so I am the guy that uh, got tagged. I'm not sure how it happened, but I'm the guy that got tagged into um, develop or to not developing, but to putting in our new database system here at Bachelor Creek, um, and it's called Planning Center. And back in August, we actually launched um, our Church Center app. So for those of you that have your Church Center app, we actually launched that. And inside that app, we launched the giving side of that. Um, now you might thinking, why is he kind of advertising for that? I'm not really advertising for it, but I encourage you to do it. But what I really want to share with you is because when I launched that, I got an email. Actually, I got a couple emails, but there's one email that actually stuck out to me. And this email was sent to me on August 18th. So on August 18th, I get this email. And I got it from the guy that wrote it. And then in the subject, it said, the cost of giving. Uh, hmm, that's interesting. Wonder what he wants. So then I open it up. And when I open up that email, that first line in his email just blew my socks off. It was totally crazy. So I wanted to share that with you because it just really made me think for a little bit. So that first line of his email said this. I've been told that there is a cost associated with giving. I've been told that there's a cost associated with giving. Oh, man. I mean, I can't even tell you what the rest of this email said, but this email between the subject and that first sentence moved me so much that I literally printed off that email to have it because I thought, man, this would be something great to talk about sometime. And at that time, I didn't know I was going to be talking today. But here we are. So I thought, man, what is the cost of giving? Now, I want you to fast forward a couple weeks from August 18th to July 5th. Does anybody in here remember what you were doing on July 5th? I do. I remember pretty well. Nobody else remembers? Okay, let me share with you what I was doing. So it was the late afternoon, early evening, and I was just kind of floating around because it was a warmer day. And I typically don't get in a swimming pool unless it's really hot and really, the water is really warm. So I was floating around in, our, in my in-laws' swimming pool in Denver, Indiana, which is just about three miles away from where I live. And I'm sitting there just floating around, and my phone rings. So I get out of the pool real quick to find out who's calling me. And it was my neighbor across the street from where I live. I thought, huh, wonder what he wants. So I answer it. And my neighbor says, are you home? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, you got to see this. So he hangs up the phone and takes a couple pictures of my front yard. And my front yard looks like a river in these pictures. And I thought, oh, my goodness. So here we get out of the pool. We get around, get cleaned up or dried off and get it closed back on. And we head, head home. By then, the rain has already stopped. So what happened on July 5th is, is give or take a little bit of time and a little bit of dimensions, we roughly got five inches of rain in 40 minutes. 
You heard that correctly. We got roughly five inches of rain in about 40 minutes time. Now, I want to share with you. If I'm standing on my front porch like this and I'm looking south down at my, my road that goes in front of my house, if I look to the southeast corner of my property, there is a three-foot culver that goes underneath the road. So what happens is, is all the, the rain that goes into the fields around us, it all comes and goes down and it goes through that, that culver underneath the road. And this on the other side, on the, on the other side of the road is the start of a creek. So one other thing that I always tell everybody, and I haven't said it since, is if our house floods, there's a whole lot of people that's in trouble. I remind you, we got five inches of rain in 40 minutes time. Now, I want to go back to this story, and I want to share just a little bit more about this story. So what happened was is, is we were out just kind of gawking, checking things out, my son and I get on our four-wheeler, and we're driving around, going down and looking at this big creek that is now a river flowing over the water, and then we go to the next road, and everywhere we go, there's just water running across the streets. You can't go nowhere. You cannot get out of this area. It's like rivers all over, and people were trying to find ways to go around, and they were just stuck. So here we are. We're looking at all these places, and finally, we decided, let's just head back home. So... My daughter goes, and she decides, I'm just going to go ahead and, and go down in the basement where her room was at. And she goes down and changes clothes and gets up and goes across the street to our neighbor's house to watch a movie. So about 45 minutes to an hour later after she had left, um, we decided, or my son decided that he was just going to go get a movie of his own from down in the basement. And I just decided I was going to take a shower and just call it an evening because it was, you know, pretty late and there wasn't nothing else to do. So in the midst of that, I'm getting ready to jump in the shower. I'm literally in the shower, not even hardly wet. And my son comes flying upstairs screaming, the basement is flooded. So what did I do? I hurried up and got out, dried off, and got dressed. I went down and assessed the situation. So I remember very well what I was doing on July 5th. So you might be thinking, Why? What, is, what does this story have to do with anything? Well, I want to share with you just a small glimpse of something. What is the cost of giving? Well, I want to share with you what happened that night after we discovered our basement flooded. I don't even know how it happened, but we had neighbors, friends, family. Everybody just started coming to our house. How many of you have actually carried wet carpet out of a house before? It's pretty heavy, isn't it? And you get soaking wet. And it's cold. So here we got all sorts of friends and families and neighbors actually carrying cut pieces of carpet out of that basement. We had just over 900 square foot of basement was our finished with carpet and padding. So here we had all these people carrying this padding out. And, and, and the thing of it is, is I'm like, okay, so what's their cost of giving? After I read this email, I'm like, what is their cost of giving? They gave of their time, their energy, their sleep. To do what? To give. To help. To, to love on us. So moving on in this, this situation. So, so the other thing is, is, is another thing we had is we had um, a friend of ours that owns a, a local business here um, around our area in the Peru area. And what he has is he has a shop back. That's why I have a shop back up here. 
because he gave up a shop vac. But not only did he give up a shop vac, I've got this trash can over here because his place of business has a trash can and they allowed us to take all our stuff that was ruined and our carpet that was wet and bring it and put it in his trash can. So what did he do? He gave us the, the opportunity to use his, his equipment to fill his dumpster full. So the cost of giving is, is he now has no place to put his trash in until that dumpster comes in, or the trash man comes and dumps his dumpster. And he was so generous to let us use his shop back that, that that shop back actually during the process burned up. Poof. So his generosity, his way of giving generously gave us that dumpster and that um, shop back. Now we're going to keep moving on because somehow in the midst of all this, we had, I, I don't know, roughly four or five families give us fans. We had so many fans in our basement that I really felt like our house was going to lift up and take off because it was so loud. So we had many, many people give us fans. So what was their cost of giving? Their cost of giving was they gave up something that they had so that they can provide a need for us. We even had a friend of mine that I hadn't, that I hadn't talked to for a while, but, but was a good friend of mine. His daughter even said, hey, I've got three floor fans that we could bring you. And they brought us fans. Fans just came from everywhere. But that's the, that's, that's the cost of giving. People give generously. So moving on. So, so we even have a good friend of mine that is another local business person separate from the other guy um, that's really near and dear to me. He actually has a, a business. And he actually allowed me. I text him. I said, hey, my basement flooded. Can I borrow one of your whole house dehumidifiers to get this moisture out of our basement so that we don't have mold and, and things that happening to our basement that we don't want to happen? And he's like, absolutely. So what does he do? He doesn't let me use a used one. What I wanted to do, he took a brand new one off the shelf and one of his guys brought it to me and dropped it off along with some parts that we could put it together so that we can get this thing to work. So what was his cost of giving? He lost profit because now he can't sell that as a brand new one. But it didn't matter to him because the cost of giving was nothing compared to what he wanted to do. So what is the cost of giving? Moving on, a couple days after everything just kind of settles down and the, the, the water's gone out of the basement, things are starting to dry up, and we're just sitting there just taking deep breaths, you know, what are we going to do? We're get, I mean, our living room's a wreck because the basement is all upstairs in our living room and our dining room, so we're trying to get everything organized and it's not happening. Our neighbors down the street bring us a plate of cookies. And I'm thinking, man, this is great. Fresh baked, warm cookies. And we're stressed. Cost of giving. She loved on us. And took a little bit of time to bake some cookies. A little flour and whatever else she put in cookies. I'm sure sugar. Um, but the cost of giving. Cost of giving. What does it cost? The crazy thing of this all is. It's close to the end of the project. We're getting ready. We're close to the end of everything drying out. And we even had somebody from this church body offer to allow us to use their trailer to go pick up our flooring so that we didn't have to pay several hundred dollars to have our flooring shipped 
cost of, cost of giving, just allowing us to use his resources. We even, got, we even got a text message from a family member saying, we know the insurance probably isn't going to cover all this. We want to help you out. I'm sure the guy had his checkbook out and he was ready to write us a check for the, the price that the insurance company didn't pay. But we said, no, that's all right. We got it. But the cost of giving for that guy was, what's the number? I'm willing. I'm ready. I'm ready to be giving generously. Again, you might be asking, what, what, where are you going with this, Ryan? I'm glad you asked. Thanks for asking. So what I want to share with you is this. Giving generously is more than just tithing to the church. I want you to catch that. It's more than just tithing to the church. And that's why I wanted to share this story with you, because it's so important that you understand that it's more than just tithing to the church. So a few years ago, I actually, or not a few years ago, last year, I actually did a really deep dive study on the book of Malachi. And if you've ever read the book of Malachi, most of you think, oh, Malachi, Malachi 3. Everybody's familiar with Malachi 3, because that's one of the most popular books in the Bible, in, in Malachi, in Malachi 3.10, talking about the tithe rain at the storehouse and test me and all this stuff, you know, so I thought, you know, I thought I was going to breeze through book, or chapter 1 and 2, and hurry up and get to chapter 3 of Malachi. Oh, was I wrong. Because there's a couple things that's really deep and in, in there, and it really hit me home, and one thing I found is, is giving generously starts even before we tithe. Giving generously starts even before we even consider thinking about tithing. And the next thing I want you to get is from, that I got from Malachi is this. I believe that tithing has very little, if any at all, to do with money. Very little to do with money, if any at all. It all starts with your heart. It all starts with your heart. I want you to grasp that. Chip Ingram wrote a book called Genius of Generosity. Great title. And I had a friend of mine say, man, you've got to read this book. This book is great. It's a small little book. It literally took me a couple nights to read it. Um, but I had to go back and reread it because there's so much in it. But in that, he had a quote in there. And I wanted to share that with you. This quote is so, so important. And we're going to refer to this quote a couple times today. But I want you to get this. Where your money goes... Your heart flows. Where your money goes, your heart flows. Now, I want to share something with you. Out of Malachi, I want, I want you to get this out of Malachi to see where I grasp some of this. Malachi 2, 2 through 3 says, Listen to me. Make up your minds to honor my name, says the Lord of heaven's armies, or I will bring a terrible curse against you. I will curse every, I will curse even the blessings you receive. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you have not taken my warning to heart. I will punish your descendants and splatter the faces and, pl and splatter your faces with manure from the festival offering or sacrifices. And I will throw you on the manure pile. I love that text in Malachi. You want to know why I love it so much? Because it's real. And it's dirty. And that's the kind of lives we live. We live real lives, and, and they're dirty. And it's tough. 
But I want you to think of that scripture, and I want you to think of that quote, where your money goes, your heart flows. Because I want to share something with you. A couple years ago, we got new furniture in our house. But before we got that old new furniture, when we sit on that old furniture, we, we could sit there and eat on it and drink and have a good time. And my, my son could wipe his face and then wipe it on the couch. And we didn't care. But guess what? When you go out and buy that new couch, you think my wife and I are going to let my son wipe his hand on the couch? You think we're even going to let him sit down there and eat? No. Same thing with a new car. You get a new car and it's like, you can't drink in the car. Don't drink in my car. Beverages outside the car. It's the same principle. Because where your money goes, your heart flows. Now, I'm not saying that when you buy something and we can't buy new couches and we can't take care of them. I'm not saying that. I'm just using this as an example so that you see and understand just how easy it is for our heart to flow towards something. So in Matthew 6, 2, it reads this. So whenever you go, so whenever you give to the poor and do acts of kindness, do not blow a trumpet before you to advertise it as the hypocrites do. Like acting, like actors acting out a role in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honored and recognized and praised by men. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, you already have your reward in full. I want you to ask yourself this. Have you already received your reward in full? Have you already received your reward in full? Because if you have, just go back to me with that couch because I want to use that as an example one more time. If me putting my money towards a couch and I allow my heart to flow towards it, then this afternoon when I go home to watch football this afternoon, guess what? I'm going to be sitting on that couch as if it's a pile of manure because that's the best I'm ever going to get. I want you to grasp that. I want you to get that. That's the best I'm ever going to get if I allow that to be where my heart flows. Let's go a little deeper. Malachi 3, 8 through 10 says this. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will, be not, that there will not be enough room to store it. See, again, when I think of that text, I think of, I think of bringing the tithe to the, to the storehouse, I think of tithing. I think of testing. But the thing that it is, is most of the time we stop short in this scripture. We think he opens his floodgates to heaven. We stop because that's what we want. But here's the thing. Here's what we miss out. We miss out on several things in this scripture. And one of those things is, is the very second to last sentence there. It says, God pours out 
He pours out so much blessing. And I want you to grasp this. Because God is standing around wanting to bless us. We just got to allow him to bless us. He's going to pour into our lives and bless us in such a way. And he's just going to keep pouring and pouring and pouring. He's never going to stop. But I want to share with you one more scripture before I go further into that scenario. Because I want you to get this. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. God gives you the ability to produce a living. I want you to understand that. He gives you the ability to produce a living. And not only in that living, as he's pouring out, I want you to grasp this because not only is he pouring into your life and, and, and allowing you to have the money that you need to pay your bills and to send your kids to school and, and give them lunch money and pay their book rent and all that stuff, not only is he giving you the money to do that, guess what else he's doing? He's giving you the abilities to give generously. He's giving you those abilities. So he just keeps pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. Although my bucket, my bucket here may run out, but God's never will. He's going to keep pouring into you. He's going to keep pouring into you. So here's the thing. I want you to understand this. As he pours in you and gives you that ability to produce wealth, to pay for your bills, he's also pouring in you so you can give generously. Now, all of you got a spoon when you came in. Did everybody get a spoon? I want you to grab that spoon. I want you to just hold on to it for a little bit. Now, for many of us, when we give, this is what we do. This is what we do. And I'm just as guilty as the next person. But this is what we do. We come in here like this, and we're grabbing. And, oh, I'm going to give to the church today. We just grab and we fill it up with a little spoonful. And God's pouring it in by the bucketfuls. And we're, we're grabbing here. Oh, I'm just going to give. We give with a spoon. This is representing what we're giving and how we give. But again, I want you to remember that giving is not just about tithing to the church. That's a good place to start, but it's beyond that. And so for many of us, we absolutely just need to, to toss that spoon aside and pick up something, a sand shovel, we're dealing with sand, pick up the sand shovel, something a little bit bigger. And we need to give just a little bit more. Just give a little bit bigger. For some of us, this may be actually stepping up and literally tithing for the first time in our lives. Or maybe you're already tithing. Maybe it's time to step up and start serving. But guess what? There's always different steps that we can take. Maybe, maybe you're at this point. Maybe it's time that you toss that off to the side. And maybe, maybe it's time we start actually giving a little bit more. Maybe we're already tithing. Maybe we're already serving somewhere. Maybe now it's time that we start taking a meal to a family that needs something, that's struggling, taking some cookies. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, 
it's time to step up and find a new place to park. And allowing people to be able to park closer to the church. Maybe we need to park back so that it tells our guests, you know what? We want our guests to feel welcome. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, this step here is your tithe. But maybe for some of us, it's time to put this down and move up. Maybe it's time to actually grab a scoop shovel. What does giving generously look like? What does it look like? Where are you at in your giving? And I'm not talking about just giving a tithe to the church. This goes beyond that. This has to do with your heart. Where's the giving at for you? Now, maybe some of you, it's time to put this down. Maybe some of you, now, I couldn't get a payloader in here, or I would have brought one in. Um, but maybe some of you, for some of you, it's time to, to grab that payloader. You're already given generously in so many ways. But maybe, just maybe, your neighbor down the street needs a car, and you happen to have three of them, and only two people in your house drives. Maybe it's time to give generously. Or maybe, just maybe, it's time to set aside where you're at and invite a homeless person into your house for Thanksgiving dinner. Give them a warm shower, clean clothes. Or maybe, maybe that payloader is time to step up and support a child. Or to foster a child. What does giving generously look like to you? What does giving generously look like to you? One thing I want you to grasp is no matter if you are giving with a spoon, a sand shovel, a regular shovel, or a scoop shovel, or a payloader, one thing I want you to tr always understand is this. You will never, ever, ever outgive God. Because the more you take out, the more he's going to keep putting in. He is the only source of producing the ability for us to move forward. So go ahead and grab your spoons one more time. I want you to grab those one more time. And I want you to think about something. I gave you all these scenarios of giving. And there are just a few that come to my mind as I'm up here. But you know where you're at. And I want you to think of where you're giving and how you're giving right now. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I giving to where I'm comfortable? Oh, I'm only going to serve here because it's not comfortable serving in a nursery because those are kids down there and I can't, I'm going to serve here. Or I can only give this much. I just cannot afford to give any more money but my bank account's just off the charts. Only you know where you're at giving-wise. So are you giving because you're comfortable, or are you giving with comfort and knowing that God has something bigger? There's something different between being comfortable and giving because you have comfort and something bigger. 
In Malachi 3.10, it said, test me. God said, test me. Test me. But in Matthew 19, 26, it says this. Jesus said to them, to them or Jesus looked at them and said, with, a, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And I really, I, I just love this scripture because when I look at that scripture and I see the word man and impossible, all I see is I'm, I'm possible. Just put a, just put a little hyphen up there. I am possible. When I'm in it, I'm possible. But when God, when we give it over to God, guess what? God is possible. I want, to, I want you guys to remember something. God is possible. God can do the impossible because he can make anything possible. God can. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. But I want you to remember this. God doesn't want us to be remembered for what we're planning on doing. He will remember us for what we're stepping out in faith to do. Don't just plan on doing something. Step out in faith to do it. So I want to challenge you. As we're going to close here in a few minutes. There's a Sharpies in, inside the pews in front of you. They should be in the, where the, the communion cups go. Um, if the first hour put them back there. But I want to challenge you to take your spoon. Everybody should have got one when you came in. Now you know where you're at giving. You know where your giving is. And I'm not, again, I'm not just talking about tithing. I'm talking about across the chart, how you give generously. I want you to take that spoon and that marker, and I want to challenge you not to write on there what you're doing now, because what you're doing now is probably comfort. I want you to step out in faith and say, you know what? I believe God has something for me that's bigger. And this is comforting knowing that he's bigger than me. So I want to challenge you as the, as the worship team comes up here and we're going to get ready to, to, to close out. I want to challenge you. During the first song, I want you to write what you need to do next. What you need to start doing and you're giving next. I want you to write that on the spoon. And then during that first song, or even a second song, however long it takes, I want you to come forward. And this can will be sitting right here. Because God can. Anything you write on here, even though it makes you feel uncomfortable, God can make it happen. Because with God, all things are possible. So I challenge you. Step forward. Step out. Write on here what? God is pushing you to do. And come forward during this first song and, and leave it here. Because if you hold on to it, you're saying, I've got this, God. But if you bring it here, you're allowing God to take it. So I challenge you, write it on there. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just, Lord, I thank you so much for allowing us to just come here and just be able to, to, to give in such a way that just only brings glory to you. Lord, I pray that, 
that you'll just allow our hearts to fill your love inside of us. Lord, I pray that you can just, just allow us to give because you gave us. You blessed us. You bless us beyond our abilities. And Lord, that I pray that you just allow us to know that what we do is not possible without you. And I pray that as we come forward and just give to you our next steps so that you can make them possible because if we hold on to them, Lord, it's just something that we dreamed of doing. It's not something that we stepped out in faith to do. So I pray that as we come forward, I pray that each person that comes can just be moved by you. I pray that they can be blessed by you. I pray that they can give beyond themselves because, Lord, only you can give beyond us. Lord, you continuously give to us and allow us to just give to you. Lord, I just pray this all in your son's name. Amen.